Good afternoon. We begin this episode. It's not afternoon. Good morning. We begin this episode of uh, Future Chat with a pressing news bulletin. Nick Maddox has not been found for the last seven days. We do not know where he is. He is not here right now. End of bulletin. Nick will probably return next week. Uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Mike, you're reporting live from the scene of Nick's disappearance, Calgary. Uh, is Nick in Calgary? He might not even be in Calgary right now. My understanding is that he was so preoccupied with walking his Bulbasaur that he just kept walking. And <laughs> and we've lost track of him. Like, no one knows where he is. So This is a Forrest Gump situation. If, if anyone has seen him staring down at his phone, chanting a song... Similar to I would walk 500 miles, but with slightly modified words. <laughs> Let us know, please. Just take us underscore at future chat at underscore future chat FM. Yeah. And, uh, and let us know where he is. We, we all miss him. <laughs> we miss him dearly. And, and if you see Sprouts McGee, please, please call. Yes. I don't think we'll do a GoFundMe just yet, no. but maybe if it comes to that. So. This is this is episode 113. I feel like that's still as unlucky as 13 if anyone believes in superstition, but I think I think we can fight through that and have a good episode anyways. Not as unlucky as 1313. 13. Right. 1313. 13, we will get there in several decades. But <laughs> <laughs> For now, Mike, can can you introduce this and disappoint me with what <laughs> happened with the Google Allo release? What what did happen? That's, I think anyway, everyone's still kind of asking that because <laughs> it was announced with much fanfare mm -hmm. and, and then kind of nothing happened. And then it just spontaneously appeared on the Play Store, kind of. Like it was just very uneventful. The APK was available. It was appeared on the iOS store and she mm -hmm. made its way to the Play Store. I have it. You have it. I have it. It, it appears to be another messenger, <laughs> albeit not named messenger, thankfully. Yeah. Because um, we, we definitely don't have enough apps named Messenger. Yeah. They're pretty much all named Messenger at this point. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is that it's supposed to replace Hangouts. Is it um, though? Well. Because it doesn't. Can, can, can something be replaced if it was never given attention? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a better question. Can something be replaced with something worse and still be <laughs> considered replaced? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I've heard the comparison to WhatsApp. That it's, it's, it looks like WhatsApp. Okay. Some people have said. Like, I have yeah. it. Yeah. I, I've only tested it with you. I still haven't figured out how to whisper or yell. I, oh, really? It's yeah. It's quite simple. I mean, we should maybe go into the key features of this app that are actually more like bugs to me or like shortcomings. Um, so first of all, I have, I have now adopted a dual device lifestyle. So I have an Android phone and an, uh, an iPhone on me near all the time mostly for battery uh like not wanting to run out of battery concerns and so when you install google allo this is a one device at a time kind of thing people who use snapchat will be familiar with the idea of when you log in to this to google allo on a second device it pops up an alert on the first device saying you've been logged out by another device and then you can get in but oddly enough Nothing from the original device gets mirrored to the new device. And so I started a conversation with you on my phone, on my iPhone, and then I logged in on the Android phone and that conversation was gone. And I could start a conversation with you anew, but I'm not sure if it would be the same conversation in your thing. It might show up as a different thread because it's associated with a different phone number. Actually, right. well, that's untrue. It's associated with the same phone number because I logged in with the same right. phone number. Like the that same, wasn't. Like yeah. You swapped the SIM card? Is that I didn't the idea? swap the SIM card. Oh. It asks you to verify with the phone number every time you log in. And you get sent, like I got sent an access code to the iPhone when I logged in oh. from the Android phone because I used that number. But yeah, so the conversations don't transfer over to, to a new device, but they are saved on the device. So like I logged out of the Android phone and I logged back into the iPhone for the second time. And the conversation from the iPhone was there when I went back in. So it's on the server, but it's tied to a phone number and tied to a device. But it's, yeah, the, that whole idea is bizarre because it means that if you get a new phone, no matter what, nothing is going to transfer over. Right. I don't even know if it would work if maybe if you had a backup of the device that had all the app data backed up 
and you restored from that backup, you might keep things, but it seems like not. And because it is backed up to a server, it has to be, but it doesn't, the whole thing is, is insane to me Mm -hmm. and I don't understand the purpose of it. The Google assistant functionality is kind of nice. I set it up. You can do like recurring subscriptions, basically just notifications. So I set it up to set, to text me the weather or to message Google, allow me the weather every morning at 540, right? Like five minutes before I wake up, I'll get a weather report. That was pretty interesting because you can like you can set that to be a daily reminder. But uh, the actual conversation functionality with other people, first of all, I don't see any of my friends who haven't who never even adopted Messenger or not Messenger um, Hangouts getting on board this app because it Mm. seems worse in a number of ways. But then even the assistant thing is not going to be enough to get me to keep using it. The the whisper and shout functionality is just like holding down the, the send button and moving your thumb up and down or whatever finger like a slider down you can whisper yeah, if you go higher it'll go sh- it'll get make text bigger go lower it'll make the text smaller but the, the whole thing is weird yeah see like google tried this whole thing with making hangouts the default slash stock messaging app on SMS, their yeah. on their nexus devices well sms yeah. is its own thing but yeah like so well, so yeah. i think they yeah on their nexus devices they didn't include an sms app they only had hangouts correct right. or yeah. no they replaced it with a google messenger uh, yeah, later i think that was maybe though. that was later so maybe yeah. at first they just did hangouts and then they took out the sms and then they added in messenger as an sms yeah. app because yeah the hangouts sms integration wasn't behaving people nicely. didn't yeah. get it <laughs> they didn't get in from what i've heard people didn't like it yeah like I, it just it didn't work the same it was way confusing. Or expected yeah you couldn't tell if you were sending an sms or a hangouts message it wasn't yeah. clear to non-technical users yes yeah. what i didn't like is you had like ios when it does its iMessaging, mm-hmm. it keeps it in the same thread yes whereas hangouts didn't do that it split up the threads when although it could there was a toggle in settings to do that i maybe you're right I distinctly but it definitely wasn't it was default. still confusing yeah and it because it, it didn't it didn't differentiate by color like iMessage does. It just had a little SMS tag on your profile picture when you sent an SMS or when you sent a message. Yeah, it was it was different and unclear to most people. Yeah. So I guess the way Allo is trying to do it is closer to being iOS with um, just being linked to the phone number. Granted, yeah. iOS also uses the Apple ID. So mm-hmm. and clearly this doesn't use a Google ID because it doesn't carry anything over. It does use a Google ID. I think. Yeah, it definitely you definitely can tie it to a Google ID, although I don't think you have to. Because I tied mine to to my email. Okay. But it still didn't carry it over when you switched devices. Right. Because it it's still one device at a time and it's still it it's supposed to ostensibly be for privacy reasons that it doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. But they also went back on their thing of having the messages encrypted. So really, I mean it's a wash either way. <laughs> the whole the whole thing, like Edward Snowden came out the day or day after it was released or something and said, Don't use this. It used to be that it was going to be messages were going to be encrypted, or at least you you were going to have the option to do incognito messages. And whether or not, I think they might have said that was coming in a future update, like after the initial release. Hmm. But uh, right now, it's there's no way to send encrypted messages. Now it's his whole thing is like I think WhatsApp does encrypted, but there's there's some apps that do encrypted messaging and other ones that don't. And he's saying avoid ones that don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily going to be paranoid about people or governments, whatever, reading my messages because I'm not important enough to merit that. Right. Or, and my subject matter is not important enough to merit that, but I can understand someone like Edward Snowden wanting people to be aware of things like that, like the fact that the government can surveil you if they want to through those kind of messaging services that aren't encrypted. Um, the app itself is kind of a flop to me simply just because a messaging app shouldn't be on one platform not just one platform at a time but one device at a time it seems insane yeah as far as google assistant it's similar to facebook's butler system that they i don't think they still have it i don't think it ever even i don't think it came out yet i think it might still be in the works i feel like i remember using it because it was like there are chat bots within yeah with messenger, messenger yeah but they're not actually set up by facebook they're third parties oh is it yeah okay yeah and, i remember reading yeah. an article on someone using it or something but mm. anyway it's it's not a new idea but 
it seems to be what companies are kind of moving toward is right. kind of the more interactive AI mm. um, where hopefully it passes the Turing test. That's kind of <laughs> the, the idea. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like I read an article on, was it Android Police? That they looked at the code for one of the latest Android releases and all references to Google now are taken out except for yeah. like one. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't know if this is like a branding thing or if they're actually going away with with Google now. Like I mm. still technically use Google now. Like it still sends me um, pop-ups when I'm near yeah. a mall and it says, oh, mall directory or right. sometimes weather updates, whatever. And mm-hmm. Or if I have to leave for somewhere, I'll say, oh, you have to leave in 10 minutes to get make here on time, whatever. So I, I yeah. still use it and it's, it's helpful. Um, but I definitely feel it being less a part of my day than it used to be um well and google assistant is going to kind of take over that functionality right right like i remember i i liked the suggested news articles that google now would would give but i find it's not really doing that anymore Hmm. like it will show my feedly yeah my feedly yeah my feedly shows up there but it doesn't give suggested news articles anymore i don't know if i somehow toggled a setting off i'm pretty sure i didn't but yeah um, I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't it would do have that to be totally by accident. Yeah, exactly. So, but as far as the assistant goes, like it doesn't do that kind of thing. But it's more, you know, set an alarm for whatever, remind me to do this, and I guess yeah. it'll do it. And with your reminder, does it do it through Calendar, Rob, or does it go right through the Allo app? Uh, it goes through the Allo app. Okay, interesting. It, it it is interesting that the concept of Allo when it was re- introduced sounded really cool Mm -hmm. you can have group messages and there'll be ai functionality built into those group messages but having it tied to a device only is very limiting in what it can actually do you can't like if you're on a desktop you can't send it doesn't talk to anything else it's so bizarre how they're trying to do something that's so like they're trying google's ethos is totally opposite to what this app does google has always been like we're cross-platform we are like cross device or multi device, and this is the exact opposite. Hmm. And it, they're they're always all about you know favoring uh, convenience over security, and this goes the exact opposite way by doing that by by taking the one device at a time route. It, it's weird. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do like though is with the suggested responses that the AI gives you. Mm-hmm. They sound like normal human responses. <laughs> like they they sound close to how I would reply. Yeah. Like the one word answers, it'd be like yeah, like Y E A H instead right. of like yes or yes. okay. Period. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're natural responses without punctuation, which is how people speak in text messages. So yeah, I I appreciate that. So it doesn't sound like you're talking to a robot if someone's using the auto yeah. auto reply. Yeah. Um, like. Probably won't use Allo ever, mm-hmm. but I guess it's a good effort on their it's, part. I think it's okay technically for what it's trying to be, and there might be a subset of people that find it useful, but I don't think it's broadly better than anything that already exists that people already use with groups of people. Yeah. Like Duo, I can see their selling point of being cross platform FaceTime. Yes. Even and, though, again, again it, it's one device at a time and yeah. All that. Yeah. Even though Hangouts was their cross-platform video chat, that's yeah. beside the point. But Duo apparently is the real one. Um, <laughs> I, Which is, again, worse. Yeah. Like, the whole... When I first saw Hangouts get released, I immediately was like, oh, this solves the problem I always have with video chatting, where one device, the internet's being weird, or, like, something's going wrong. You can open the app on a second device, say, like, join call, and then hang up the other one. And then it'll be a stent like whatever it'll be better whether the connection's better whether the device is faster whether it's like you want to be on a laptop instead of a mobile device like if you get home or something there are all these reasons that being able to do that is better and you can't do that with duo right bizarre bizarre <laughs> i don't understand um but yeah allo there's there's really no selling points to me mm-hmm. to, to the bot to is it. the only selling point but even then and it's weird like, yeah I, I i see that more being like a personal assistant mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. a reason to use the chatting app like to right. communicate with people if third-party integrations get better like they talked about using open table 
they talked about having games or trivia type things built in. If if developers actually adopt that, which is a humongous if, it could be compelling, but it's not on its own. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of this isn't AI, but chat platforms, I used um, Fido's Facebook Messenger live chat functionality okay. to actually make a valuable change to my service uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. And there's something that never happened. Like I always go on live chat and I'm like, oh, hey, can I ask this question? They're like, yeah, here's the answer. And then I say, oh, can I make this change? And they go, oh, actually, just call us for that. It's like, I don't want, I'm talking to you. <laughs> so with Facebook Messenger, they tied it in. So you can go to Fido, the My Account area, and you can tie it to a Facebook account so they know it's you. And then just go in there and chat with them and make actual, like I got my account credited. Oh, $10. is that the reason they wouldn't make change over the browser is because they couldn't verify it was you? They were a lot more hesitant to verify. It's kind of like with online shopping. Like oh, okay. when, it, when it first debuted, people were really hesitant about it. And companies were really hesitant because they didn't want to lose money over it or they didn't want to have be liable for someone fraudulently getting in. And I think companies are getting more comfortable. Like people are getting more comfortable. Companies are getting more comfortable. And we're at a point now where we're all kind of okay, especially younger generations. We're all kind of okay with doing things only over chat. Right. And it was actually really easy to do. Hmm. There was just a billing error right. in, our, in my favor, bank error in my favor, credit $10. It was literally a $10 right. credit. Oh, I'm see, living monopoly. <laughs> I had... I had that type of change made before. There's a billing error on mine and they, they credit it back over chat. Right. So that isn't the the example of something that they wouldn't have done before. I think they probably would have done an account credit over live chat. But when I got my my latest, the $15 three gigabyte plan that I was that I mentioned last week, I did that over the, the messenger as well. And that wouldn't, they wouldn't have let me make an actual account change right. over chat. They would have said call. That makes sense. Because apparently voice and, uh, is easier to verify. Way easier. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, sounds right. Oh, I forget my credit card number. Can you just tell me the uh, the first two of the last four digits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, speaking of security verifications, going off on yeah. a secondary tangent. Um, mm. There's been times where I'll be at a store or whatever, and they're looking at my account info. And I'll give them like an address or something. And instead of saying, oh, what's your name? They'll say, Michael. And I'll be like, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like, if I wasn't him, but I knew the address, yeah, they just gave me the answer. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's like a training thing, but if you're verifying information, I, you, to never me, give you shouldn't information. give the information for confirmation. You say, what yeah. is the information, right? Yeah. Even if it's right in well, front of you, you say, yeah. oh, and what's your name? And then you wait for yeah. them to give you the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Because you that like that's how social engineering is. Yeah. You, you get a little bit of information. Like at that point, they could get your name and then they could walk away, come back the next day, and be like, "Oh, hey, I'm this address and I have I'm this person with my name." Yeah. And then they have another bit, and then maybe they'll get a phone number or like yeah. they'll they'll slowly chip away trying to get more information. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I I've been noticing that more recently. Just being like why did you ask me like don't ask me if my name is that say what's my name but yeah i don't know what's my name (laughs) how do you spell that is it (laughs) oh man so speaking of stores uh, (laughs) tertiary tangent no this is this is a segue this is not a diversion um i have been getting a lot of interested looks at stores these days because i keep asking if people accept tap to pay so that i can pay with my wrist and it's amazing. I don't, I don't love the, the attention it gets just for paying with it, but I like being able to pay with it. And I hope that one day we can all just pay with, for stuff with our wrists. The reason that I have to keep asking and that it keeps becoming a conversation piece is that when you have a credit card, you can tap and do like enter your chip with the same piece of physical yeah. thing. Yeah. And so if the tap doesn't light up or if it doesn't say tap, swipe, uh, insert, whatever, yeah. I can just insert it. But if it does say tap, I'll just tap. Mm-hmm. And with the watch, there's no chip. So I have to tap. And if the tap fails, then I have to begrudgingly get out my card, which happened once uh, when I was at the Red Blacks game on Friday, which was disappointing because it did say tap. And a lot of things do say tap and then actually don't let you. Um, but out of the, I think, 10 or 12 times I've tried, like I've paid for something, it's worked 11 of the 12. Mm. And the only thing I got was someone telling me that I was showing off by trying to pay with this thing. <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm just I'm just trying to live my life in the most futuristic way possible. Was this the person at the counter that said you're showing off? Yeah. What? Like they what? were they were mostly joke. Like we were okay. we were joking. Like kind of like, oh, like, now you're just showing off. It. Like yeah, okay. It was it was more like I got to the counter and I said, oh, can I? I've now got the standard question. Oh, can I? Can, do you use? Do you support tap to pay? When I go to the place for the first time, just okay. be like, I don't say I'm going to pay with my watch. Do you support Apple Pay? I'll just right. say like, oh, just tap to pay work. And, but the first time I did it, I was like, it was the day I got it. So it was the first time I was trying to use Apple pay. And so I showed the watch and I was like, oh, do you do like this? And she was like, oh, you want to show off your new thing? And I I was like, oh yeah, I got it today and I haven't tried it yet. Right. And then they were sort of, they engaged me and they're like, oh, that's really interesting. And right. we had a like normal conversation, but she was like, oh, you're showing off your new, uh, your new trinket there. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. So it does work on any NFC terminal in yeah, theory. Anything that tap would work. Okay. And I've had the same like I've my phone has supported it for a while and everywhere. Like I've been I've been I have been doing that for a while, but I can attest to the fact that it's way easier to do it on your wrist right. than it is to, to take your phone out. Yeah. Well, we were talked before about how the TD app supports credit card payments over NFC. Yes, it does. But on Android, it, you mean? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem to work the same way as credit card tap to pay okay because in the times i've tried it on terminals that i know and i have paid Mm -hmm. with credit card tap the phone wouldn't work because the way that the td app is set up is you have to unlock your phone go into the app put in your account password go to the screen where it says tap to pay and then press the button and then hold your phone up so it's like six steps yeah and it's like and it there's like a 50 50 chance it will work and although i will say i i have that app on my thing and if you put on if you tap the setting to bypass the password it works great oh that sounds that sounds very secure (laughs) (laughs) way faster no i know and that's the whole thing is like i i don't want to sacrifice security (laughs) for the sake of something that literally takes as long as tapping my credit card yeah yeah right but though with like you said when it's on your wrist then totally i I'd understand why you'd want to have that mm-hmm. because it's just convenient. So with that one, you don't have to do your touch ID at the same time or do you? Well, so I, you can set it up so that every time you unlock it uh, or every time you go to do something like to other than check the time, you have to enter your password or you can set it up to unlock with your iPhone. So your your iPhone being nearby k- keeps it authenticated and it being on your wrist, like it being attached to a human wrist keeps it authenticated. So okay. if you take it off, it will deauthenticate and need the password again. Right. Um, but as long as it's on and your phone is nearby, or as long as it's on you and your phone is nearby, it'll stay authenticated. Right. And so all you have to do to activate it is to hit the button, the side button twice, and, act, and NFC will activate. So it's been really nice for that. Whereas before, like, and, and so the thing is, it's not like your your credit card is this dumb thing that is literally always active to pay. Mm-hmm. You can pay with anything, no authentication required, no physical or no um, digital barrier, no, no, nothing to stop you from touching an NFC terminal and being good to go. Yep. Whereas I can only unlock touch ID with, if, if I'm paying with my phone, I have to use my fingerprint, which is really until all the fingerprints get hacked, that's mine and nobody else has it. Or at least very, very few people, whatever the theory of fingerprints possibly being the same. But um, on the watch, it has to be near the phone, which has to have have had Touch ID to authenticate it. It has to be on my wrist. I have to have entered the password already to get it unlocked once it's on my wrist. And I have to push the button. So I'm if, if I have the option of using just a credit card, like the, as soon as even 95% of things get tap to pay functionality, I'm like throwing away my physical credit card i'm like locking it up because i don't it's so unsecure insecure compared to apple pay or android pay or whatever things that are authenticated with an actual password not just not just a pin and not just nothing mm-hmm. like tap to pay is great because it's really convenient but there's no security like using apple pay for one day you realize there's no security at all on credit cards when you're tapping right it's just always open anything that's three inches or whatever nearby can just pay can just like take money from you all the time right yeah it, it would be fraudulent but it like someone could walk by with a square uh nfc thing just like have a hundred dollar charge or 99.99 charge ready and just like anytime they it sees a device it could automatically just like siphon off almost a hundred dollars right in theory in, in theory that, yeah 
a while back, a few years ago, I was watching one of those serial crime shows. I think it might have been NCIS or something. And there was somebody that was doing that. They just had an NFC thing that was set to any time it came within whatever range, it would just grab money. And they're like people, you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so having an authentic an authentication method makes it insanely helpful. Mm. So what else have you found after using your watch because this this watch is new you didn't have an apple watch before so you got the series two i got the series two um i i was on the fence because the series one got the updated processor the only difference was gps built in and uh the waterproofing yeah and i think it has a slightly bigger battery that's my understanding it's it's like one millimeter thicker and they've used that to add battery to it because of the gps presumably yeah yeah and so far I am very happy with it. I th- I feel like I get what people were saying when they were saying apps are slow. Like the the native apps are fast, and I don't think many apps, if any, of third party ones have been updated to use WatchOS three, which is which is the thing that gave it this big speed increase. So I feel like I'm retroactively at least somewhat okay with not having gotten the first one because I can imagine it would be intolerably slow if this is faster because right. it's not. It's not instant. It's not like on the phone for most things, it's like modern phones are fairly instant at doing processing tasks, especially like just opening an app being like the most basic processing app a uh, phone can do. Um, But the nice thing about this one is it keeps uh, you can keep up to 10 apps in a dock and it'll keep those running all the time. So like and anything that so like if I have weather on my on my home, uh, my face it will automatically keep that updated in the background without, and the battery has been great so far. The one day, the first day I got it, the second day, the first full day I had it anyways, I used, I did three workouts totaling two hours with it on. And so GPS and heart rate running all the time. And it got me, I think it was like 14%, but every other day I've had almost 40% left at the end of the day. Hmm. So it can keep up with even my most active days, which I really like. And I don't, I'm not necessarily comfortable. I don't think I would want to wear it during volleyball just because wrists are <laughs> important and I'm, I'm not comfortable yet. I took it off for my first dodgeball g- game just because I, it was, I think that was the day I got it too. So I was like, I don't want to break it. <laughs> I tend to flop all over the place playing dodgeball, but I really like the fitness part like that. I think is going to be the most useful thing to me. It tracks calories. It encourages you to, to move around, like especially at work being sitting there for most of eight hours a day getting a reminder on 10 minutes before the hour if it's been so far the first 50 minutes of that hour if i haven't stood up at all or if i haven't kind of walked around it'll say hey stand up and it encourages you to do that for one minute every hour and gives you a goal of doing that for 12 hours of the 24 in a day and i find that very motivating because i realize every time it's happened so far over the first week i had it i realized when i stood up i was like wow my legs feel like they're sore now because I've been sitting for so long. Right. And I, I appreciate that because it's really easy for me, especially on some days when I'm sitting there trying to focus on one thing that I'll just be sitting there and like my legs slowly seizing up and getting numb and all that, I, which I really hate. Like my chair is not very comfortable at work. Uh, so those, those kinds of features have been really beneficial. People, people ask me, I mentioned before the show, people always ask when they see it, like, well, like, what's your favorite thing about it so far? And for me, I think even just having the thing where I don't have to have my phone out all the time, because if something happens, I get like a tap. I don't, it doesn't buzz. It doesn't make a sound. I keep my phone on do not disturb or sorry, before I kept my phone on do not disturb for all like out of the 24 hours the only time it wasn't on do not disturb was like 4 p.m until 8 p.m the time i got after got home from work and before like it was kind of evening time Mm -hmm. so i really didn't get many notifications that would even light up my phone at all and i always had it was always on silence like the phone was really from when i wanted to use it it wasn't disturbing me and now with the watch i have just like my phone's always on do not disturb right and i can turn on the watches do not disturb for the the other times right and so the only time my watch would really buzz me is between the hours of like 4 and eight thirty or whatever like if i want to have quiet time i can still do that but the phone isn't going to bother me at all the phone is really just going to be for when i want to actually go see something so for the do not disturb if you have i don't know if it works the same way as android where you can toggle each individual app 
to follow the Do Not Disturb or make it a yes. priority app? Uh, no. There, so far, it's global. Okay. But you can set each individual app to, to mirror the phone alerts. So I'm not talking – I'm just talking about the phone specifically on its own. Yeah. Like with Android, you have Do Not Disturb, but you can designate priority apps that ignore Do Not Disturb. So it will still send no, notification. We don't have okay. So – so maybe that kind of answers the question. Because I was going to ask, if you have Do Not Disturb on your phone, your watch follows the same rules? You can have it set to mirror. You can have Do Not Disturb schedule set to mirror. Or you can have two separate Do Not Disturb, oh, disturb okay. schedules. Yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, the other thing, actually, that reminded me of, there there are a couple, like, there are some developers that have really gone out of their way to make, like, to really consider the watch interface and make the app really good. So Facebook Messenger is one that has done that. They have, like, you can basically do anything with the most recent 10 or something conversations. You can just go in and reply to a message with your voice or with, they have a scribble thing where you can now kind of draw with your finger each letter individually and it'll write it out, which has been fine, but I've mostly been using voice so far. I find that I'm now past the initial, when you're first using a voice dictation thing, the tendency is to be like overly loud to make sure it hears you. But with this or w- with with my voice assistance now, I basically just put it right up to my mouth and then use normal speaking volume or like even quiet speaking volume because I know it can hear me. And I don't think it's made any dictation errors yet hmm. for any of the 20 to 30 messages I've transcribed. Right. Mostly because I've again, I've been doing this since 2010 with the iPhone 4S, 2011 with the iPhone 4S. So I... I'm, I know Siri and I understand how it works and what its limitations are. So I don't try to do anything. I don't try to ask anything of it that I know it can't do. Like, I'm not going to say, Hey, um, Apple watch voice assistant name, uh, search for like photos of Brad Pitt. Cause I know my watch isn't going to find, it's going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it might show up a thing and say, continue on iPhone. And then it, it'll send that request over to your phone, which is also interesting, but knowing how to phrase things makes it really easy. The other app, which I, I only took the bus once this week with it, but made it unbelievably amazing to use is uh, Transit app. Not only do they now have with their iPhone uh, app, you can, or I'm probably the Android one too. They have a thing where basically you say, I'm trying to catch this bus. And you it, it, there's like a button that says go now. So you press go. And then it tells you when the bus is leaving, it tells you if the amount of time until the bus comes like suddenly jumps forward mm-hmm. it'll be like hey you have really have to hurry now because you're behind because the bus is ahead and it'll give you like stop alerts along the way it'll tell you like when your stop's coming up like it's basically it's basically like having uber open when you're in an uber but for buses so it tell it like gives you progress along the way and makes sure you get there on time so it will it will navigate in a sense for you to the stop you're trying to get to it'll navigate you to the stop with walking directions just like uber will be like oh your car is here go to the spot okay and when you once you get in the car in an uber this using the analogy it'll show you live where you're where you are which it would do before but it wasn't it wasn't built in it was just like you could look at the map and see where you were but whereas now it'll follow you along the route and tell you how many stops you have what they are where to get off it's all just kind of built into one systematic thing instead of being you could still do it but it was like now they've taken that procedure and optimized it to make it the default thing right and so that that functionality itself isn't built into the watch but with the thing of where now you can um it'll remember what app it was you can and you can set it i think i have it set for eight minutes so in for eight minutes after having left an app open it will stay open even when i if i raise my wrist again if I look at my wrist at open transit and go to the bus I'm trying to catch and I can see, oh, it's coming in eight minutes, I can go and leave my house and I can look at my wrist again and it'll update and, and it will have said it'll now say six minutes. And then if I'm halfway to the stop, I can go and look just like glance at my wrist again and be like, oh, now the bus is four minutes away. Like it, it's much better than having to basically either have my phone in my hand or having to check it every 30 seconds to be like, oh, where's the bus now? I can just look at my wrist yeah. whenever i have a second and you don't have to like that. tap refresh or exactly. re-enter anything or whatever yeah it's been it, it's been insanely good and you can actually see like it'll be flashing the little uh like transit built a little thing for every bus that will be flashing if the gps is live right now right. and uh yeah so i i really like those two apps i like i've been sending facebook messages all the time 
Uh, I did a couple phone calls, which is really great because I didn't have to take my phone out at all. Right. And I was just standing, I was on the busy street and like everything, the mics seemed to be fine. They could hear me. I could hear them. Hmm. It was really wonderful. So this, you have, okay. If you have ear pods or AirPods, they'll work with the watch, yeah. right? Yes. That's the idea. And it'll the, flip back and forth yeah. depending on what's sending audio output. Yeah. The default for the watch, because it's paired to a phone, is that you're controlling the music on your phone and playing it, but you can swap over to, like if I left my phone and went on a run and I had, you can download music, you can basically sync playlists to the watch and then you can leave the phone and you can still play that music with Bluetooth. But the default is without really telling you, like it, it says now playing, there's now playing app on my watch, but it really just tells me that my phone is playing such and such a song. Like right. if I press, if I go to the now playing app right now on my, on my watch and hit play, it will start playing music from my phone. Right. And for all you notice or care, it's the same. Yeah. But it saves battery life because your watch isn't doing right. the grunt work. Exactly. Right. It's just displaying what's playing, not doing yeah. the playing. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the other big thing about Apple watch too, is that the screen is twice as bright. And, so I haven't, all I can say is that I haven't ever had the digital thing where when you're in really bright light or direct sunlight, you go, you like have to squint to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. It has just always looked like, as though what's on the screen is just printed on the screen. Right. Like it's an actual, like kind of like the Amazon e-reader. Like that's the experience I have, which okay. is really nice. Even it's especially noticeable in the, like I've been showering with it every day. Just because that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? And uh, having water splashing on the screen as you're trying to look at the time is another moment where you're like, this just seems like it's not a digital thing. It's just this is what's on the face physically there. Hmm. So follow up question. Mm -hmm. The water, does it activate presses? No, Uh, there is. You can. So it's splash resistant all the time you can like take it out in the rain there's no problem uh they do have a waterproof i don't think they call it waterproof mode but they call it like swimming mode basically and so it's the thing because it is water resistant to 50 meters you can turn on water mode and so there'll be a little blue drop at the top of the screen where either normally there'd be a notification kind of marker and that means basically all that does is seal up the speaker which is the one kind of point where if you actually submerge it as opposed to just getting water on it that it could start to theoretically like that's the biggest problem point and so they seal that up in swimming mode and then like they mentioned in the in the keynote when you take it off waterproof mode the speaker actually plays a tone that moves the speaker in such a way that the water all gets ejected and i was expecting it to do it and i don't know if i was expecting an infrasound or something but it's a it's an audible like tone like i'll just i'll just play it because okay. awesome and so I've, I've activated waterproof mode um and basically they get you to spin the digital digital crown because the screen's not activatable right um so they get you to spin the digital crown so i'll do that now and then you can hear the sound and so when you once you've done that once like the first couple beeps are muted because you can hear the water spewing out and then you can hear the sound hmm. and Apparently they've just designed that, which is really cool engineering. They've just designed the speaker itself to clear the water out. Right. And it works like every time you do it, you get a little spurt of water on your wrist and right. move on with your day. But if, if you're in the shower with the watch and you're trying to change a song and it's the screen's wet, how easy is that? Like like w- when I had my Nexus 4, or I guess I still mm-hmm. have it, when I was using my Nexus 4 and the screen got wet, the phone just went crazy because the screen was being activated all over the place. The Note 4, I find I'm actually able to semi-use it in the rain. When the Note 4 gets a little bit wet, it's usually fine-ish, but mm. it still kind of confuses water droplets for touches at times. Right. So so I'm, I imagine with the watch, it's kind of the same. Like if it's not too wet, you could probably still kind of use it. Right. So with the when it's in splash-resistant mode, yeah. like people have been using the the first watch. People used it in the shower every single day even though they weren't, they didn't have this waterproof mode and it was totally fine. Like no, I'd never heard any stories of people like, Oh, I took my watch, my first watch in the shower and it screwed it up. Like that wasn't a thing. It was, it was effectively water resistant too. 
it just wasn't advertised to the same uh to the 50 meter rating okay where this is for swimming mode so it's really like i'm doing it as a precaution but it's really for when it's being submerged under where there's actual water pressure on it oh so so you are putting it in swim mode when you go to the shower i'm putting it in swim mode when i'm in the shower so touches aren't like the, the whole point of swim mode is that you won't have that water touching issue the only thing you can do when it's in swim mode is either take it out of swim mode by spinning the crown or like touch it to light the screen up but it won't take any input so you can still use voice activation for the if you want me to test that i can i have not tested that no it's fine i don't think you i don't think you can so can you use a watch at all it's just basically a digital display when you're using it in swim mode because you're swimming like you can if you're you can start a swimming workout and that will also put it in waterproof mode at which point you can see like lap times and stuff on the it like it'll go into a workout screen but if you can't control it by voice or touch how does it know when your laps are done like it sense i i it, don't know exactly because i haven't done a swim right with it um but my understanding is it senses that you've changed direction that's my or you maybe you set the length of pool yeah but like there's open water swim okay. and there is pool swim that's for like calorie counting though calorie counting and time like there's time oh, like is there? when i if i rollerblade or whatever or i bike or yeah. run um it tells me distance tells me calories burned it tells me uh like i can set up gps for it okay but uh yeah it does apparently it does lapse i haven't looked into exactly how i i suppose i in theory i could right now it's, it's fine we won't do any more live demos okay well when i i mean when i was testing be. out uh the moto 360 that mm-hmm. uh one of our friends friends of the show daniel Kier okay. on twitter um he let me his 360 because he wasn't using it anymore yes. and uh I, I'd always wanted to try it. I, I've always considered getting one, but I wanted to be able to try it before buying one. Uh, so mm-hmm. this was a first gen. And my takeaways was battery life is very important to me. Because um, yeah. if I put it on at five in the morning, I don't want to have to charge it until I go to bed. Yeah. Which, if you're starting at five or six in the morning, is, I guess, fairly demanding on a device that yeah. is essentially a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and... As far as the apps go, like you were saying, there are some apps that are very nicely designed and functional for watch, mm-hmm. but others are open in phone. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. I want to be able yeah. to do stuff from my wrist. So those are kind of like my two takeaways. So from that, I was like, this specific watch isn't for me. Um, at the very least, I want one that had battery life that I could yeah. just rely on to last a whole day even if it was like 10 percent at the end of the day at least it lasted the day mm-hmm. obviously if you're doing yeah like you said you know a two-hour workout then you can't really expect that same performance but although it did although it did for, for you yeah. for now um yeah but if it's just notifications and the odd interaction with the phone to like look up directions or whatever or the the watch mm-hmm. to look up directions or whatever yeah i'd expect that to last a full day with 10 to 20 percent remaining at the yeah. end of the day um so I'd probably go with like a Pebble device that has like the less battery intense yeah. screen. Yeah. Um, you're sacrificing functionality and just aesthetics, obviously. But for me, I think that's worth the extended battery life. Right. Um, obviously, you could do a replaceable battery, but that's not going to happen with a watch. It doesn't even happen with phones anymore. So I yeah, can't yeah, imagine yeah. happening with a watch. <laughs> um, and yeah, as, as for, for the apps, you, you want a supported ecosystem and android wear is getting there i think it's not as expansive as the ios selection right right now but it's is getting there for sure but um yeah i don't that was just my experience with with wearing the Mm -hmm. watch so i'm glad to hear that the battery has been been good for you lately yeah so how how many hours how many hours was the battery that that you're saying at the end of the day was at 14 percent? well like for instance yesterday well yesterday is maybe not the best example um because i got up so late relatively But like if I get up at 5.45 at 11 p.m. or midnight, it still got oh. like yesterday or Friday night. I think it had like 35% or something. Oh, that's really good. At the end of yeah. almost 18 hours, 19 hours, something like that. And that's with no intentional limitation on use to preserve battery. None whatsoever. Okay, just regular. And use. that's with like I rollerbladed to and from work. So with that workout. So like I yeah. did an hour of workout, right. an hour and 15 minutes. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, the other nice thing, people can ask you the time obviously but if someone's sitting beside you and they say oh like what time is it like if i'm, I'm not 
quote unquote training Julia because I <laughs> like that, that would be insane because it's something that she can do. But like if she's sitting next to me and she wants to see the time, she can just tap the face and it'll light up. Right. Uh, whereas otherwise it uses the accelerometer and like if I just look at it and I have had unless my wrist is already facing such in such a way that I can see the screen upright properly. Um, and the screen has turned off because it's been long enough. I've had like 95 to 98% of times when I turn my wrist to look at the time, either it's already lit or it's lighting up as I get to the end. So I've had really, really good success with not being frustrated that right. the watch isn't showing the time properly yeah. when I want to see it. I know people like the always on functionality of the Android Wear devices that mm-hmm. they, that they support. Because they'll have the light sensor that keeps them on a more dimly lit mode, yeah. but still on. I don't think that's a big deal for me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care as much if my smartwatch doesn't show a watch face all the time. Like, yeah, I'm not looking at it, so why should I care? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's not like you're... I guess sometimes you could have a watch face that looks real enough that you could fool someone into thinking it's like an analog oh, face. you definitely could. Other than that, like, if you had a round yeah. watch that was mostly featureless on the outside i think you could i think screens yeah. are at that point now either featureless and, or overly featured to look like an analog watch i mean yeah yeah sure right yeah like like this one if you had a tachometer like this one, around the yeah. ring like that one's not a smartwatch obviously but i've seen right. smartwatches that have outsides that look like that i think the lg g watch yeah r looks similar to that yeah um but yeah like you could totally think it's an analog watch if if you didn't know any mm-hmm. better um yeah yeah i i am extremely satisfied and not just because it's cool but because i feel like it really is actually going to make a difference i was concerned the one thing i was kind of concerned about is like if you go to see a movie there's no movie theater mode so if i'm just like rustling around or something move my arm the watch could theoretically light up and disturb the whole thing but because the apple watch uses an oled screen and watch os3 now makes it really easy to switch between watch faces like i can have multiple watch faces all set up at the same time i can really just swap into like you just swipe left and right across the screen so the one watch i have i already have set up on the screen is just the time in the top right corner in red and it's oled so the rest of the screen is just literally like basically pitch black it's not perfect black but it's very dark and if i'm in a dark room and i have the red just red time on it even if it does come up, it's like, oh, it's like red is not going to disturb your eyesight. It's, it's just fine. Hmm. And I haven't te- I haven't seen a movie since. It's only been a week, but I'm definitely going to make sure that it's not going to disturb people before just leaving it on. But like I'll probably turn on do not disturb just so that notifications won't come in that will like pop up because those do like if I get a Facebook message, it will fill the screen with the Facebook logo and then show me the message. And I wouldn't want that to happen if but it doesn't you can have the phone on and have it not disturb you because it would just tap it doesn't actually vibrate which has been really interesting to me it, it does go crazy like it, especially when people use like slack is notoriously bad for this where people will send back and forth like within a minute five or six messages so we get like <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i get it something's happening so it- if you don't look at a notification right away, does it go into notification center to check later or how does yes. that work? Okay. Yeah. And clear all notifications has been very useful. And that does it on that. the phone and the watch or just the watch? Both, I believe. Okay. I haven't tested that, but it's because I haven't had to. Like I, I have not, looking back at the first week, I have never been like, oh, I cleared that notification on my watch and it's still there on my phone. It's always been gone. Right. So yeah, I almost... On one hand, I don't want it to be cleared from the phone because there's times I want my watch clear and I'll just swipe and say, okay, I'll check that on my phone later. But on the other hand, if it's something I don't care to look at my phone later, I want it gone from the (laughs) phone. So I don't know. I don't know how to manage that. (laughs) Yeah. Do we, do we want to talk about the iPhone eight for a little bit or (laughs) do you want to wait? Because you're saying that Nick would like to talk about that. I think Nick would like to talk about that. Um, I mean, we're all, we're also at an hour. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I am okay to hold off. I think maybe because we teased that effectively last week. Um, I will say that I was just thinking about this actually in the shower before the show, because I knew that this story was in here and I wasn't expecting 
Aloe and Apple Watch to take up the entire time. But um, I was starting to think about what we can do with material science and thinking about the watch and how the screen is this Ion X glass, like it's metallic glass. And this story is going to be about an iPhone that's potentially made of ceramic. And just thinking about all the things that a a ceramic material, a, a metallic glass type material can do. Like you could have a material theoretically that is some part of it like is capacitant. Some part of it is um, like superconducting. Some part of it is uh, not super. Yeah, superconducting. I think I'm thinking of you can have some part that's like shatter resistant. You can have parts that are scratch resistant. Like there's all these different kind of material science properties that really our electronic devices could eventually bundle down to being a thing like a sheet of stuff that looks like glass but is actually metal and is just super tough like has inherent electronic uh storage like whether it's a a super capacitor or something like that or whether it's just a a very energy dense battery i think that's kind of the end point of where technology is going is material science advancing so quickly that that the breakthroughs are going to be in material science and chemistry that are going to just kind of leapfrog us forward into the next thing and i think this this story uh about the iphone 8 is possible for next year but really it's like the the next major leap in mobile technology or technology in general is going to be this jump to new and interesting properties of materials we already have in different combinations what do you mean by metallic glass like the the iphone right now is is already made of glass that had like it's zirconium uh this article is talking about zirconium ceramics like zirconium oxide Mm -hmm. the the glass in your phone like gorilla glass is like aluminum silicate like it's it's metallic glass okay i see what you mean like so you can have like the display on an iphone the the display itself the lcd is like sandwiched between layers of metallic glass that have like the the uh, force touch sensors all built in like there's a layer hmm. of the glass itself that senses pressure right. there's a layer of the glass itself that is oleophobic like gets rid of finger or doesn't allow fingerprints to really stick there is a layer of the glass that actually has electronics built into it so is, and, is that what makes the glass or the screen capacitive like sensing yeah. like when you touch it well that that is a part of it okay. yeah because it's metallic uh, glass and, not yeah and that's why on like on the watch it's very noticeable but on recent iphones as well it's and and presumably android phones although the the android phone i have is terrible so i (laughs) wouldn't expect it to have this the the glass above the screen itself is so thin that it looks like the screen is just printed right on top of the glass it's like it, it with older the older your screen is the more it looks like there's a layer of glass and then underneath that layer of glass there's the screen modern iphones and the apple watch like when i look at this i look at the watch on my wrist it doesn't look like oh you know there's a screen with this stuff on it it looks like the stuff is right on the surface because it is so close it's like millimeters less than millimeters from the top yeah no i i I see what you mean by that Mm -hmm. yeah and eventually like with the the iphone 7 even with the jet black one the whole process of manufacturing it is to make it look like it's one solid slab of metal right and half the metal is transparent and you can see your phone and then the other half is opaque but it's the same level of polish there's no visible seams the only way like with the iphone 6 there was a seam but it was not noticeable really visibly it was just when you felt it but apparently now it just looks and basically feels like it's one solid thing the idea being that the iphone 8 is going to be edge to edge right screen yeah like no bezel right. whatsoever, Touch ID built in to the screen, cameras yeah. built into the screen, like everything it's, just... It's so hilarious to me hearing people talk about the idea of no home button. Like there's already the <laughs> 7 technically isn't a button, it's like an indentation, but I guess yeah. they're saying the 8 is going to have just fully capacitive button. And yeah. it's like, guys, Android literally started doing that from the, the beginning. Like Samsung had the home button after the iphone i want to say but everyone else has just had just a capacitive soft buttons at the bottom but they're not talking about capacitive buttons they're talking about the home the the functionality of the home button integrated into the screen but that's just like 
semantics. Like you're that that's it's not really. It the is. soft capacitive buttons on an Android phone are underneath the screen. Like they're below the screen. No, they're not. Physically. Like they're they're digitally there. Like they're it's a part of the screen. But when the screen is off, you can't touch them. Right. So they're they're part like they're they're on the screen. So what's the iPhone 8 supposed to be? Like the 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 part that is the fingerprint sensor, the part that is the touch ID mm-hmm. button is screen. So like it will be when the phone is off. Yeah. You will be able to, or not off, but like sleeping, you'll be able to put your thumb on the screen itself Mm -hmm. and have the screen recognize and come to life. Right. So the area is still active. It's just not showing anything is what you're saying. Exactly. Well, like all, like the OnePlus that a friend of the show Damien has, he can, when his phone is asleep, he can, with using certain gestures on his phone's screen that's sleeping, he can like start music playing or like open the phone app or whatever. Okay. Like he can do gestures on his closed phone mm-hmm. that, because the phone is just because it's not displaying something doesn't mean it's necessarily no, for sure, off. of course. Yeah. But this is taking it one step further to say built into the screen is a capacitive button. Oh, I see. Okay, I see will what you be mean. able to read your fingerprint. So screen as in like the glass. Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Right. Not needing to have a separate fingerprint sensor like is currently right. there. But having the screen be able to have that functionality all, all on its own. Right. I will mention briefly, I went to the, the Apple store this week and looked at the iPhone 7. I'm not getting it. I, the SE size, holy moly, I love that size almost all the time. Um, I tried it. I really like it. And I definitely see it as a step towards not having a home button at all. Because the only thing the home button is for in the iPhone 7 is to have a place that you touch with your thumbprint to unlock it. Like, otherwise, you could just squeeze the bottom right. of the phone and it would do whatever you wanted. Right. So I definitely see it as, like, training. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I guess, was it on Cortex or Upgrade that they were suggesting that they might possibly for the 8 come out with another SE-sized phone? I hope so. I hope so, so badly. With the iPhone 7 slash 8 style. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, an iPod Touch-looking yeah. device. Like, get with the 8s style or seven style i guess um and and that would be kind of cool like because the the se is a 4.1 inch 4.0 so yeah yeah because i'd like a 4.7 because what's the six is a six inch 4.7 inch oh the six is 4.7 oh because a plus is five plus is 5.5 yeah okay because i'm gonna say it's like oh let me see you have a 4.7 inch iphone but apparently the six is already (laughs) 4.7 so yeah um because I was saying last week that I think the 4.7 is a, is a good size. 4.7 to 5.1. I, I like that yeah. size. I don't disagree, but I had mentioned this on Twitter a while ago and to one of the guys at Android Central and he, because he was asking, or he was talking about phone size and it got me thinking and I was just like, all the time I want a, as small a phone as possible unless I'm doing a specific thing that needs a lot of screen. And so 99% of the time now, I'm like, this small phone is perfect because it goes in my pocket. It goes anywhere. It's really small. I can reach everywhere on the screen really easily. The only time I would want a, a 6 Plus is if like, oh, this feels kind of cramped in this one app or in, if I want to watch this video bigger screen. And then I would be like, okay, I, uh, now I, for this specific thing, I want a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of the time, I just want the fastest phone I can get with the best camera that's small. Right. I I do like the larger home screen, like the the area, the real estate that you can put folders and and widgets yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because I I use my home screen all the time. Maria, she has nothing on her home screen. She launches everything from the app drawer, and it okay. drives me insane. Because it's like <laughs> just put them on your home screen. Like she'll put maps in. Like she'll just leave it in the app drawer. It's like you use that literally mm-hmm. every day. Just right. put that on the home screen. But she doesn't yeah. want to. I. I am kind of in the middle where right now my home screen is actually a mess, but I get that. I get that mentality of like not having to have anything quick, like very quickly accessible on the screen because everything is just one step away. But there are certain things that like Facebook Messenger to use all the time or Twitter yeah. or Pokemon Go where I want that on like on the screen all the time. Right. And but I do understand. See, like the other way i like having the home screen accessibility because then my muscle memory gets trained so when yeah. i go to launch an app like i just 
do it. Like I don't even really have to look to see where my thumb is going. Like it just it right. knows where it is because that's where I've put it. And yeah. it's all grouped into type of app and whatever. So if I install a new app and put the app in one of the folders, then I have to kind of like semi retrain my thumb to yeah. know where to go because yeah, yeah. everything kind of shifts a little bit. But anyway, that's that's just me. And I have like my calendar on my my home screen as a widget. Um, I have my calculator as a home as a separate screen that I can swipe to if I need it and, right. and all this kind of stuff. So, um, same pocket cast app. I have the little player as a widget. And yeah. so yeah. I use it and I, I really like that part. And I think that's something I'd miss if I switch to yeah. iOS. Um, but yeah, I guess if someone hasn't incorporated that as a part of their user experience then they might not care to have stuff on the home yeah. screen. I have definitely had that problem where right now, for instance, I don't know where anything is on my home screen. Like I'm totally discombobulated because I promoted a couple of things and like ran out of room. So there's a, there was a time and I will probably do this again soon where I had all the apps organized by color. So it was really easy to tell where things were. And like, I just got muscle memory with that. But now I have to like really hunt for everything. <laughs> yeah. Kind of and that would drive me crazy. Cause like, I have to do that every time if I'm using Bria's phone for something or she says, yeah. oh, can you go into whatever? And I'm like, where is it? I don't see it on your mm. home screen. It's like, oh, it's in the launcher. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And if you could have things, priority things in the launcher, but if your launcher is more than one screen and you're like, yeah, exactly. That, it's crazy. And Android does, at least a Google Now launcher, it has that top row that's priority apps or reads right. commonly used or recently used. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. Um, so I guess that could help you if you're just going to the same five every time and they just float their way to the top. Right. But Well, it's like how in Spotlight now uh, on iOS, the top, like when you just swipe down on anywhere on the screen, it'll bring up the search bar and bring up series suggestions of apps. Like the forward suggesting for me is the App Store, Facebook, Pokemon Go, and Twitter, right. which odds are like 60%, 75% of the time I'm opening my phone. Those are the four apps I want to right. go to. The most I ever have to search is if like my weather channel app i have a uh ongoing notification with the weather in my in my status bar but sometimes it crashes have to restart it and then in those cases i can use like the google search widget and just start typing in weather and it brings up an app kind of like similar to spotlight and it just brings it up there so i I still don't use the app drawer because i i hate the app drawer Mm. (laughs) it's just yeah the android app drawer i don't i don't like either Although I do like, I don't like that, I think, I don't know if there's a default behavior that I can change, but when I install a new app on Android, it doesn't show up on the home screen automatically. Right. It just goes into the app drawer. And so I have to like actually put it out there right. if I want to use it, which I, I understand, but I, th- I just don't do that. And so I just like never end up using new apps that I don't have yet on the home right. screen. I feel like that's a setting, but my Nexus 4 wouldn't do that either. But when I hmm. started using the note, it automatically put it on the, the home screen. I'm assuming oh, okay. because iOS does that. Probably. <laughs> but because I know I had the Google Now launcher on both the Note 4 and the, the Nexus 4. Yeah. And the Nexus 4, again, didn't do that by default. So I feel like it's a device right. thing. But I, yeah. it might be a setting where it's, you know, add recently installed apps to the home screen. Sure. Well, yeah. And the Apple Watch does have that where you can set up the Watch app to automatically come with the iPhone app, which... I don't really understand why you wouldn't do that unless you felt like you weren't getting anything from any watch app. Which then it's like, why have a watch? Wait, so but they're separate apps? Like you download them separately? This, you download the binary to, I, I believe at least. It might be different, um, but I believe you download the watch binary with the iPhone app if you have a watch. And it's just a matter of whether it actually shows up on the watch, like whether it actually sends that right watch part to the watch okay but maybe i'm wrong i don't know the insides of it but it's kind of like um apple giving you the ability to delete quote-unquote uh first party apps like apple apps where they don't actually delete them they just delete the data from them so like if you go to the app store and hit like download mail it will just appear it like if you turn on airplane mode and hit download mail it would still appear okay (laughs) because it's been there the whole time but uh, so it might be that or it just might because I know they're they're looking at app optimization. So it might be that it just goes and gets those and sends them. But as far as I know, everything goes through the phone yeah. to get to the watch. Yeah, like Android where when I again, when I was testing this watch it, uh, the apps that were available, if it had an app, 
or an integration with Android where it would just show up on the watch. So like I didn't have to yeah. install or download anything separately. Mm-hmm. For all I know, it might have installed it, quote unquote, right. when I set up the watch, but I didn't have to download mm-hmm. anything explicitly. It just like right. Facebook and WhatsApp or whatever already on the watch to use if it had it. And obviously it didn't have yeah. every app, but the ones that it right. did have that Android Wear uh, portion, it just showed up on yeah. the watch. There's, there's actually the, the interesting thing. It's like, there's a burgeoning world with wearable devices. And like, I went and thought about it. I was like, you know, an app that would be really useful if you needed to do this, like coin flip or dice roll apps. And there are watch Mm. apps that's just like flip a coin. And I get that. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need to flip coins that often, but if I had to do it every day, I would definitely get an app that it's just like flip. Right. Although I think Siri can also do that. I think you'd be like, flip a coin and it'll just be like, it was tails. I think. I feel like Google does that too. Yeah, uh, I would think so. I think just even Google typing into like, the search bar, I think uh, even on browsers yeah. is like flip a coin and it will do it. Yeah. I, I know like we started playing Settlers of Catan and mm-hmm. part of that is rolling dice. And yeah. obviously they behave statistically, but there's the non-standard statistical distribution of the dice right. just due to how you roll it, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we were like, oh, maybe we should get like just an electronic dice roller or whatever or, or download an app mm. for it. But it's like that kind of removes part of the game, too, I feel. Yes. But I don't know. I, I know what you mean. Um, those times that you want yeah. that type of thing. Live update. Typing in flip a coin into Google search will flip yeah. a coin. So, yeah, I knew I wasn't making. And it actually there is an animation that doesn't just give you okay. a result. It actually like shows it flipping. Yeah. How about can you say roll, roll, a, roll some dice, roll dice? Or say roll d20 or something. <laughs> roll two dice does nothing. Say roll d20. Roll t- roll a die does roll a six-sided die. Uh, it's two, by the way. <laughs> roll a die 20 is a default search. No. Roll d20 does not. No. No? Just a six-sided dice okay. and coin flip. a coin. Oh, that's good enough. By default. Can't ask for too much. Yeah. G- searching for that gives you a bunch of virtual <laughs> rollers. Right. <laughs> anyway all right what what do you say we wrap up for the week i'm good for that all right oh i i was feeling so sore i think i don't know if it's the watch but i feel like i've exercised a ton this week and i'm like i'm super sore i usually stretch immediately after we go off the air this time it was immediately after we decide to end the show (laughs) i will say thank you again this week for listening to this week's uh future chat at unwindmedia.com slash future chat for past episodes and more. And stay tuned to Twitter underscore future chat FM to see if Nick ever returns. Bum, bum, bum. See you next week. Ciao. Well, that will be a very easy editing job. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> Although I should probably go downstairs. I will say one thing about Pokemon is that since getting mm. the plus, I've been able to power up two to three times a day instead of once a day okay because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm catching about 30 to 50 i'd say thir- about 30 per day with the plus. with the plus just without doing any sort of polka walking or anything just hmm. driving and sitting at the office which right. is amazing and hat and hatching a lot of eggs too because my jeep G- because my gps wanders just active and it logs while i'm driving do you need to have the app open if you have the nope. plus it can phone can be locked hmm. that is nice yeah. so excited only for battery and like phone use because like that's some of the reason at least why i have a second phone last night i was at a birthday party and was playing music through one phone (laughs) and like had my other phone (laughs) that was very nice no the the, the one thing i like is because when i'm on a poker walk like i make a point to not check messages and notifications yeah like you said because you don't want to miss on something right but if i go away Mm -hmm. from the app then my wrist will buzz and i can just flip back to the app to go to go check so it's nice we both got wearable devices yeah